Hello, hello, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast. And today I have Kara Jiglu here. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so pumped. You know, Kira and I go back, we go back a while now (laughs) and it's been so beautiful to see like what you've created. And again, the authority that's been built when it comes to messaging, which this honestly, hands down is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'm really excited to dive in. Um, but can you just introduce yourself, like share us, you know, share to the audience who you are a little bit about your story, um, and where you came from. Yeah, perfect. So my name is Kira, like Hannah said, and I'm the founder of The Copy Atelier, which is an online marketing and copywriting agency. Um, What I do is I specialize in messaging, like Hannah mentioned, conversion copywriting. I'm a trained conversion copywriter um, and all things marketing as well. And at The Copy Atelier, we use marketing, messaging and copywriting to help female entrepreneurs build their million dollar brands. That's what we do. My story is a little bit of a long one, so I'm going to try to keep it short. And um, before I got into marketing, so I've had my business now for three years. So before that, I was in academia. I was an archaeologist and um, completely different to what I do now. So cool. I, and random. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I was an archaeologist and I was doing, I did my PhD and I spent about sort of like nine years in academia And then I finished my PhD, got a job as an academic editor. So moved away sort of from like purely research. And I worked that job for about eight months and then realized that I wanted to own my own business. Um, And I wanted to sort of get to indulge in some of like the more creative side. I'm very like split personality, half Mm -hmm. analytical, half creative. And I started my own business and, you know, very quickly found copywriting got into that a lot and then copywriting really is just like marketing and so that kind of grew from there and then the messaging aspect has always been massively important to me because um it's it's the foundation of everything and so Mm -hmm. I really have leaned into that and yeah um a year over a year ago now I launched the agency and since then we've been working with female entrepreneurs from all over the world and it's great and it's awesome and I love it and I also have a podcast I'm a podcast host as well the building your million dollar brand podcast where I talk about all things messaging and marketing mm-hmm. copywriting as well so that's kind of the world I, I love that and I'm so fascinated with every person's background but especially this one in particular because I feel like too and I'm even curious you know, your experience getting your PhD and working in that industry before this probably really helped to also set you up. And I would imagine, I'm curious, like, do you bring um, components or things in from that work into your business now? I'm curious. Yeah, I do. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Lots of things to do with like the the research aspects, the sort of analytical aspects and being able to like critically analyze things, I think is massively important. Also, just like, you know, when you're doing your PhD, you're essentially your own boss. So it, it's very similar to like, if you're running yeah. your own business, you're in charge, you're having to have long-term vision. A lot of the stuff it helped me with is sort of like the CEO stuff, but definitely yeah. there's aspects there. And then even, you know, with like, with messaging, with copywriting, you know, when you were writing research papers, trying to get people to read beyond the abstract of a research paper, mm-hmm. trying to get people to listen to you because just like in any industry there is competition for grants there's competition for audience Mm -hmm. there's competition for people's attention so it's the same kind of 
how do you get across this message this idea this story in a way that actually Mm -hmm. people are interested in learning about same same thing um and then also in my background I also did spend a couple of years working as or like on um a charity board and I was like the vice chairwoman and because I was the youngest person on that charity board by like three decades I naturally took on the responsibility for digital marketing and sort of brought it into that so a lot of that aspect as well um so interesting yeah I love that I love that so I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast either they are business owners you know maybe they're in the newer phases or maybe they're more established but I really kind of would love to kind of get into the messaging component here and I'd love to know what truly goes into creating strong messaging right um because I think a lot of people they love to get to you know the shiny objects of you know funnels and ads and the shiny marketing objects here but in order to do that you have to have this strong foundation with your messaging so what truly goes into that yes such a good question and the answer is quite a lot and I think more than people realize um first of all I really believe that the your messaging is the foundation of your brand right and so I know we were talking about like and we help female entrepreneurs build their million dollar brands and so really it's this idea that if you want to have a million dollar brand you need to have million dollar messaging and this idea of million dollar messaging is something that we do a lot of and that's what our framework so this signature um proprietary framework that I created that we use in the coffee atelier is the million dollar messaging framework and that framework covers all nine aspects of of what you need to be doing to make sure your messaging is million dollar to make sure your messaging is set up to get you the results right Mm -hmm. and so some of the things that I always so massive aspect of that is going to be of course like your brand identity because the visuals the visual identity of your brand is really important but it's the words that really construct that identity it's the words that make people feel something it's the words that get your message across and so aspects of that and what I call like your core brand messaging so things like your brand story things mm-hmm. like your mission things like you know your USP and like what makes you different things like your values and your beliefs um the hills that you're willing to die on that's something I talk about a lot as well but that's probably like when it comes to starting out and like really thinking about your messaging these are some of the core things because at the end of the day these are the things that make you different you know, we all have competitors in our niches. We all have people doing the same kind of thing as us who have similar offers. What makes someone choose us is, mm-hmm. is those things. So getting really locked down on those things is, is really important. I love that you said that too, that it's not just the visuals and that the messaging is that core component too. And again, it really makes up your marketing message, right? So, and I also think too, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you see this a lot as well, but a lot of people think that in order to grow and scale, cause you brought this up, there's a lot of people in the space and how you can stand out as your messaging. Do you sometimes see that people um, will either want to consume and almost adapt messaging that's out there? Do you see that happen within the market? Um, I'm just curious because I, I noticed I've seen that as well. And that's something that I try to talk about as well. So I'm just curious from that perspective, have you seen that? Yeah, definitely. And I think I think it's quite a common thing, like especially when people are getting started, it's very easy to feel like you have to follow someone else's mm-hmm. uh, strategy to the letter in order to see success. Um, but again, it, it's 
coming down to making sure and a massive part of it as well is making sure you're actually fully aligned with your messaging Mm. and what you're saying like you have to be able to stand behind it and often what I will see as well is people who maybe are following kind of a cookie cutter approach to messaging based on like what someone else in their industry or a leader in their industry is doing who you know quite a few months in or a year in two years in will suddenly realize that like this is not them at all they're not aligned with that and then they'll shift Mm -hmm. because they'll finally have the confidence to be like actually I know who I'm trying to find like I know who my ideal client my ideal audience is and I can just lean into being 100% me because that is really important as well I love that you said that too, because I was just going to ask, like, what are some of your recommendations as well for those listening? Because I like, I, like I said, I see that happen a lot, whether it's like regurgitated content or it's like kind of like watered down content that you see online, right? Whether it's the messaging or the content itself. And I'm just curious if you have any ways that you recommend to clients to really just like own it, you know, and just be authentic in their messaging. So do you have any recommendations on that end? Well, I think it just comes down to um, like listening to yourself and like realizing Mm -hmm. and actually understanding why you're here to do what Mm -hmm. you're doing, you know? So it does come back to like your story and your mission. And I think that the brand story is one of the most important parts to, it's it's like an exercise to do because so many people just be like, well, I don't know, I'm just here. But Mm -hmm. actually if they go back into their story and bring it out and uncover it, they realize like, this is why they're on that journey. Like, this is why, you know, having this business, helping these people, doing this thing is important to them. Because only once you've realized that and are able to put that into words, that's that's what makes you different, right? Because it's like yeah. your experience has led you to where you are now, that mission, that passion. And that that's what's all that's gonna stand you out, that passion. If you're just sort of like making it up or you're just doing it and you're not that passionate about it, mm-hmm. like it's not gonna work. So I definitely think that kind of thing, just actually thinking about why you're here, you know? And I'm just curious too, with the brand story. Now, I feel like there's so many ways you can illustrate a brand story and even like use a brand story, whether it's like through your content and whatnot, or on your website. So, and I know of what I've heard as well is like, how do I illustrate that story in different ways at different points, like within my business? Like, do you have any recommendations on how to weave in that story to your audience? Are there any tips that you can, that you can give? Yeah, well, you can definitely use it in like so many places. You can use it Mm -hmm. in, you know, it's like the core of your marketing, the core of your content and all these kinds of things. In terms of like weaving it through, something that a lot of people kind of forget to do that sounds so simple is to actually just share their story. You know, tell tell their audience. Um, sometimes I think people can be so focused on uh, sharing value and like tips mm-hmm. um, and building authority, which is so, so important, but they forget to show the human side and actually just yes. let people know their story. Um, so I think just even just doing that, sharing your story, but then also taking that and being able to condense it down and, and use it to sort of impact things like, you know, like your mission statement and just the, the, the why behind what it is that you do. And if you can expand mm-hmm. that out, there's a way for you to be able to weave that into like all touch points, like emails that you're sending out, aspects of launches as well. And just, and obviously your website and just being able to have it woven mm-hmm. in so that people feel like they know you it doesn't mean you have to be completely you know laid bare and share absolutely Mm -hmm. everything online like I'm an introvert I don't like sharing a lot of stuff but you're able to share the the things that matter you know 
Um, so yeah, those kinds of aspects. I love that you said that as well with sharing stories, because I didn't notice within my own content too, sometimes even like that on the fly, I mean, truly deep and vulnerable content that uses that story performs way better than a planned piece of content that I did a week ago that I pre-scheduled. Do you notice that for yourself with yourself as well? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because it's like, that's, that's the human connection, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's you kind of being like, oh, and it's not about, because I think sometimes people kind of think that they can only share aspects of their story that someone else or their ideal client is going to 100% relate with uh, like or resonate with in terms of like the same thing has happened to them. And that's not what it's about. It's not about mm-hmm. only sharing the things that they've gone through too. It's about people understanding that just like whatever it is that you have gone through or are going through, me too, but it's maybe slightly different or, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's why it is important to share these things. So you're not just uh, too, too much of a, a brand that has mm-hmm. to be the human. Here, I love that you said that too. And wh- I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because I've heard this before with how much is too much. How much is too much to share on social as well? Because, you know, you said you're an introvert as well. I'm like an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. And sometimes I find that I question, does this make sense? Or is this too much I'm I'm sharing to my audience? I'm just curious if you have a thought or perspective on that too. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think um, there is such a thing as too much. I, I, I always try to look at it through the lens of like, you know, is this serving my business? And also like, is this remaining professional, mm. I guess, right? Like I, I don't, I personally wouldn't sort of like post things where I'm just complaining about stuff, or, like ranting <laughs> yes. about stuff. Just that kind of thing. Cause I just feel like it's not that like, you know, you're still the face of your business. You're still like the, the CEO of your brand. And it's just the things that you would maybe reserve for talking to your friends or your sisters about, or mm-hmm. maybe, you know, ranting to them is different to like, what I feel like you should put on a, on a, you know, your open platform. kind of public business platform. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Sometimes I question myself too, where I see this glass of wine on my table. I'm like, Oh, that's cute. Let me take an Instagram story and talk about it. And then I question does anyone actually care about this? No. So let me know. That's hard as well. The, like the constant second guessing, like of, um, you know, there's probably so much you could be doing that would do really well, but we just always second guess and think like, Oh, shouldn't share that. Shouldn't, um, you need to still be yourself as well though, you know? Yeah. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about voice now because I mean, messaging obviously is intertwined within your brand voice. And I know a lot of clients are, you know, either at least in the HM brand have been shifting their business models. Um, we have a lot of agency owners who are building out EDU platforms, some of them under other entity names. What are your thoughts on defining a brand voice if you're separating your brands out or say, for example, you have an entity that's not like a personal brand, say it's another entity name. Do you have tips on like defining your voice? Because I feel like that's just as important, important, um, if not more than the actual message that's coming out to you. Yeah. And this is a great, like I have an example of this for myself. So I also have a, a community sort of platform that I have created, which is, you know, uh, like a, yeah, I don't know what the term for it, but it's exactly, it's a standalone brand. There isn't like a one face to it. it it's like a whole big thing. Um, and so I've been doing this recently for that as well. And I would say that the first thing to think about when you're thinking about brand voice is is to think about what kind of feelings 
uh, and what kind of perception do you want your brand, whether it's you or whether it's this kind of standalone one, to invoke, right? How do you want people mm. to feel when they encounter that? Um, because thinking about that is really important because then you can kind of understand, well, you know, we want it to be very like polished and very professional. Okay, so that's one kind of voice. We want it to be very friendly and welcoming and approachable. That's another one. You know, we want it to be really informal. That's another one. Thinking about that, first of all, and then also thinking, and I, I do believe as well that in anything that you're creating, there's going to be like the the running vein of you in it, right? Like so, and I think that's important because I think that it has to kind of come from you if you're wanting to, even if because you're setting it up and you're wanting to then have team members that you're passing on things to and you're having like mm -hmm. brand guidelines and this is the voice, this is the tone. But at the end of the day, it's probably still going to kind of come from your personality, you know, because there has to be that ability to to show up and to understand what that would look like. If you're um, a really, really informal person who does not like like really polished things and kind of like high end mm. luxury stuff, trying to create a brand that is that probably like it's probably not going to work very well because it's not authentic to like you and you don't really get what it would look like, what it would sound like, how it would make someone feel and vice versa. So I also think that that's quite important to, and again, it comes down to that differentiation, right? You have to, you know, even if you're making something or you're creating something that is traditionally will always have this really like polished high-end brand voice, but that's not you. Don't be afraid to do it your own way because actually it will then just stand out even more mm -hmm. because it's going, you know, it's disrupting the status quo, which I'm I always here for. I <laughs> love that. And you really do stand strong on that as well, because I agree. I think there's also this misconception, and I've heard this before, that in order to be <clears throat> taken seriously or to, you know, grow your client base, that you have to have a brand visual of wearing a pantsuit and like drinking wine and, you know, having this, you know, million dollar lifestyle, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fantastic. But going back to what you said, if, if that's not you, don't do that because you're just going yeah. to blend in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to blend in and it's not going to, I have a great example of that where I did a photo shoot for um, when I did some like refreshes when we were doing like BAA together um, mm -hmm. of the copy atelier and I had all these outfits like really sort of yeah like CEO outfits right like the mm -hmm. the pants and like the blazers and, and mm -hmm. all these quite like things that I was like yeah they're nice they're probably not me and I remember that the photographer said it wasn't until like literally the last outfit of the photo shoot which was this cool <laughs> denim like jumpsuit that I have which mm -hmm. I love I put it on and he said like your confidence has just completely gone from zero to a hundred like he said the shift and those photos in that jumpsuit are like my favorite ones and it, you can see it on my face and it's that same kind of idea that if you're like forcing yourself into a box that you don't want to be in like that's not why you started your own business so stop mm. it you know? like, I love this so so much I feel like we can have an entire conversation on that because Again, it's something that I really, I really, really love. And again, it's something that I see a lot of. So it's really great that we're having this conversation. Um, okay. I love to kind of shift gears here and talk a little bit about marketing, messaging for 2022. Like, are you seeing different trends happening within the market? Anything that people should be like looking out for or just being conscious of? Yeah, I think a massive trend 
and like kind of shift I think especially because of like the last couple of years of COVID and everything is going to be this focus on growing community and like really really leaning into that Mm -hmm. and with that from a messaging kind of standpoint and point of view comes this idea something that I'm quite passionate about this idea of a shared mission so getting really really clear on your mission but being able to understand how you can invite people onto that mission with you because within a community yeah people want to be like they want to join your fight they want to join your revolution they want to you know come on the journey with you and so getting clear on that mission and being able to invite people in to build that community of people I think is going to be a massive thing. Mm, I have chills. I love that so much. And I think that's it's so, so important as well, especially as we're moving into that stage, like you said, of community and human centered, you know, marketing. I think a lot of the times too, like, especially with COVID, you know, everyone's been locked up for the past two years and people are craving that human connection. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I want to shift to one of my favorite parts of these episodes. And I do this on every single episode because it's the reason why I started this podcast because I mean, you know, a lot of times Instagram can be this shiny wheel of, um, you know, beautiful imagery and, you know, perfect messaging. And, um, we're not really showcasing the things like the hard shit that it takes to build Mm -hmm. a company. So, you know, when starting the thrive society podcast, I really wanted to make it, um, kind of apparent that we were pulling back that curtain and talking about the things that people didn't want to talk about. So I'm just curious because every entrepreneur has been faced with like struggles or experiences or things that really shaped your journey. Is there like one experience or something that comes to you um, that really shaped where you are right now? That's a good question. And there's so much stuff. (laughs) So many (laughs) things I'm like, what's a really good standout one? Um, I think something that probably shaped it a lot was the fact that when I started my business, so like January 2019, um, you know, it wasn't until like, I think the October of that year where I really got like my first properly paying client Mm -hmm. so having like all that time where I was doing so much work like I worked (laughs) twice as hard as I work now like working all the time working evenings working weekends like showing up showing up showing up and I remember at the time we were so I was living in France um, where my husband's from and then we moved to Belgium into Brussels and we were living it was like July time and we were living in this like tiny little rented Airbnb. I had like $200 left. Like I had no more savings left. Mm-hmm. And I remember like crying on the bathroom floor because I was, I had like no money. Um, I was on the phone to my parents because I wanted to go back and visit them in Scotland. And I like didn't have the money to pay for my plane ticket. Um, and, you know, I remember like my mum saying to me, maybe you should go and get a job like maybe this is you know you've been trying this for like seven months it's not really worked like maybe you should just kind of give up like in the nicest way possible maybe Mm -hmm. you should give up and I was like no I really think like I just have to give it one more shot and I I really believe that starting a podcast was going to help me because I was like I have so many good things to say like I'm so passionate about this and I'm a I'm a research freak right so like I'm an information gatherer just like gather all the information like I had all these things to share with people so I spent, I used that last $200 to buy a microphone for my podcast. I started wow. my podcast in July and it was still really hard. But when like the November I got that, like for or October, November, I got that kind of first client properly. 
and then that led to another one and then that led to more and then it and that went like that but definitely like, it really taught me like massive like resilience on top of mm. like the resilience I already had from like doing a PhD is hard as well but it taught me the kind of thing and I think it's important I like to try to share that with people because I think that there can be this idea that you start your business and a week later you're making you know um six figures or something and it's yeah. just like <laughs> it doesn't work like that you have mm. and you have to what's going to keep you going are those same aspects of your messaging it's that mission there ha- there's a purpose there's a why you're doing this that's the thing that's going to keep you going so if you've not got that you'll give up Exactly. And I, that was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And I think too, yes, it comes down to resilience. And I think too, what you said about like, I mean, the money, the flashy things, yeah, they're great. But if you don't have your mission and your purpose, every time you get to those new milestones, it's not really going to mean anything to you and it's going to feel so empty. So I can, can completely resonate with that as well. So thank you for sharing you are amazing. And I feel like we need to do like a part two of this episode, but like, where can people find you work with you, any resources? And um, for those that are listening, I'll drop them into the show notes as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, you can come and check out my podcast, which is the building your million dollar brand podcast. You can find that you know, in most places that you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to learn more about The Copy Atelier, you can find us at www.thecopyatelier.com. I'm on Instagram at Kira Giglu. And also I do have a really great free Create Your Million Dollar Brand Story workbook that I'll give Hannah to link in. So it's a really good workbook that walks you through the five steps of pulling out that brand story so that you can use it. And it's it's a great exercise. I do it with clients as well to actually get them to pull it out. So that will be there that people can download and get going with that. Yay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this morning. I appreciate you so much and we'll have you back on the Thrive Society podcast soon. Thank you so much for having me.